is the Dogcast episode number 173. This is it. The big game, Dogs, Gators, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Thank you, Michael Adams. Okay, dog fans, this is it. Dogcast number 173. It's the Georgia, Florida, world's largest outdoor cocktail party game in Jacksonville. Old dog, this is the game, buddy. Outside of the national championship, outside of a... If Georgia's playing in the national championship, outside of that, this is the biggest game of the year. Every year. Yeah, and I mean, this is bigger than any other, as you said, other than the national championship game. This is bigger than any bowl game. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is this is it. This is always the game year after year that is basically a season maker or breaker. Uh, you know, granted, you can stub your toe before or after, but since Coach Rick has been there, this usually separates the wheat from the chaff. I mean, the winner usually goes on to great things, and the loser plays in the Citrus Bowl. You got it, buddy. I or, tell you what. Or the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, whatever you want to call me this year. <laughs> this is this is the game, buddy. I mean, this is the game that we point to all year, every Bulldog fan. And tell you, you know, the guys in the AJC this year are talking about this might be the biggest Georgia-Florida game ever. You know, it is the biggest. It's the biggest, the highest average ranking, you know. And with the with the celebration last year and Urban Meyer talking in third person this year about it, I mean, we made Urban Meyer so upset last year. We got the guy talking in third person like he's Bob Dole or something. Urban Meyer didn't like that, and Urban Meyer's going to have something to say about that next year. You know, you just wait. Urban Meyer's going to be mad. So, uh, I mean, he's talking in third person, man. He's losing uh, he might He might have that personality disorder like Herschel's got. Maybe he does. There might be 15 Urban Myers running around. Yeah, but he can't. But I tell you, the asshole Urban Myers is the one that coaches football. <laughs> the one that goes for it on fourth down when you're up by 50. That's right. The one that's got his quarter, the one that's got Tim Tebow in with five minutes to go in the third quarter when you're beating Kentucky 55-3. to three. Yeah. Thanks, Urban Meyer. You're a nice guy and all this talk about Tim Tebow you know he's a nice guy he's God's quarterback and all that kind of stuff I'm telling you man you don't freaking go for it on fourth down when you're up by 52 points you know you can't possibly tell me that you're a good guy who cares about people and you're going for it with a 52 point lead you know you know that you know that that whole thing was just just shows exactly what the Gators and Meyer and that whole crowd is about. You talk about style points and big wins and all of that. I mean, you know, if you've got your if you've got the entire second string in and some third stringers in there and you've got the second string quarterback and it's fourth down, yeah, go ahead and go for it because that's a no-win situation. You know, if you kick a field goal, you're an idiot. If you go for it and make it, you're piling on. But you don't catch nearly the heat 
if you've got the second string in. And I've always been a proponent, don't hold kids back. You put in you put in the second squad and you tell them to play. And if the team you're playing can't stop your second team, then that's just that's just tough on them. But to have the first string in when you are beating somebody by more than 50 points, that's just assaholic. It, it really is. And the difference, you know, we've said this. If you've been listening to DogCast for a long time, you know, we came up with this idea a few years ago about how this really is good versus evil. I mean, this is, we are the team. We are the only thing standing in the way of evil dominating the SEC, you know? This is, this is, it's the good guys versus the bad guys. It's, it's Luke versus Darth Vader. I mean, we have to stop these guys because if we don't, nobody else is going to. So this week, you've got the number one scoring offense in the SEC versus the number two scoring offense in the SEC. You've got the most penalized team in the SEC going up against the second most penalized team. There are so many storylines here, old dog. Um, let's, I mean, let's just get right into it. Let's talk about, let's talk about what we got to do. I mean, let's talk about Florida's offense versus our defense. You know, Tebow, last year, I've been calling Tim Tebow the one-trick pony all year because last year he was a one-trick pony. He finished the year 8-4. and four. He didn't beat he beat one top twenty five team last year. Meyer, you know, bad for us. Meyer has figured out that uh, Tim Tebow standing up in the pocket and handing off to running backs and throwing it is more productive for the team. It's less productive for Tebow, but it's more productive for the team. What do you think the dogs are gonna do about all this speed with Dimps and Harvin and Tebow and all the guys they got going on? How about this freshman running back Florida's got? doing 11 yards a carry. Well, it, I mean, we're definitely going to be, it's going to be a tougher Florida team this year than we played last year because they do have a lot more weapons. I mean, last year there was Tebow and Harvin. Uh, they really didn't have much of a running game. This year they do. Uh, since these two kids took over, this Demps and Rainey, they are averaging a little over nine yards a run which is pretty damn impressive. And for all the speed that they have on the outside and everything, if you watch some of it, a lot of their yards are on misdirection stuff coming up the middle, you know, where they'll go one way and then it'll cut back. Off-tackle stuff, you know what I mean? I mean, our interior line is really, and, and we've done good except for last week, we have done very, very well against the run. And we're not going up against nearly, we're not coming going up against the same type of runner in Dempson Rainey and even Harvin because a lot of his uh, yards come out of the backfield that you know we did against LSU. They had that big punishing bruiser guy that really it was hard for one guy to take down. Yeah. If you hit if you hit Dempson Rainey solid, they're going down. Absolutely. I mean, they're they're fast, but they're small. D- uh, Dimps, you know, Dimps is 5'8", 176. My stinking 13-year-old is 100, nearly 176 pounds, you know? Yeah, and, and Rainey's not a whole lot more. He's 5'9", 185. Well, like I told you last week, you got Charles Scott for LSU. 
uh, you got Rennie Curran hitting him as square and as hard as he can and still waiting on C.J. Bird and Rashad Jones to get there. Whereas when Holid- you know, that guy Holiday comes around, a dimps kind of little fast guy, Curran tackles him with one hand. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's easier to tackle him, even though he's faster. I think we match up better. Our strength and our size in the middle matches up better against a Dimps style run than it does against Charles Scott from LSU. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And the other thing, we have just got to, we've got to tackle well. We have got to these guys if they're out in space. And hopefully, before they're out in space, we have got to put our arms around them. You know, this flying in and trying to knock them down with your shoulder, the missile tackle, we don't need. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I would a lot rather have a two yard gain with a guy wrapping up and putting the guy on the ground than a 20 yard gain and a great hit at the end of that. We, we are going to need sure tackling. And that, that brings me up to a couple of things. You know, um, it is pretty much official that Brian Evans has been moved to C.J. Bird's backup. He's now a safety instead of a corner. So we shouldn't see Brian Evans covering anybody anymore. He's going to be tackling and downfield help. So we uh, just, you know, for news, for news sake, Brian Evans is now moved to safety. He's, he's a second-string safety rather than a sometimes starting nickel corner, you know. And um, how about this Daryl Gamble, though? This is one of the storyline I want to talk about on defense. You've got Donnell Ellerby back and healthy, the former starter. But you've got Daryl Gamble breaking, you know, tying NCAA records, 25 tackles in the last three games, two pick sixes last week against, you know, an inferior quarterback. But still, Daryl Gamble is bigger. He's tackling. The guy is on fire. Old dog, are you going to pull Gamble to put Ellerby in? You know, I I don't see how you could, Uh, you know, really for a couple reasons. And I know you're going to have folks that, you know, say, well, you know, you shouldn't lose your starting job just because you got hurt and all that. But, I mean, quite frankly, I don't think Ellerby – I don't think we lost a whole lot now that Gamble's up to speed. I do like more size at the middle linebacker. That's why I'm such a Marcus Washington fan. Also, you know, Ellerby, you know, I don't know how much he's practiced. Uh, You know, is he up to game speed? How – how many reps has he got? You know, I mean, we've got a guy that's playing lights out, and uh, you know, it's kind of the kind of like me in the toss sweep. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had our best, we had one of our best games against a good team in LSU. I wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I I totally agree, man. But um, I I agree with you with what you're saying, and I tell you, I want to go back to something you said earlier about tackling, because I do think that tackling is going to be the biggest thing. If you look at the two games that Florida's had their biggest trouble in this year was the Ole Miss game and the Miami game, those are the games that Tebow had the most pass attempts. I think the key to this game for us is going to be tackling. We've got to stop the run early and force Tebow to throw. Because even if Harvin gets 180, 200 yards or something like that, if we can stuff Tebow at the line of scrimmage and take Demps and these running backs out of the game and make him throw it, that's still the way to beat Florida. That's the way Ole Miss did it. That's the way Miami almost did it. And that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to force him to throw downfield in order to win this game. And we're going to have to tackle sure. Oh, absolutely. And it's going to be a key 
for us to put some points up on the board early. We don't want Florida to get a lead on us where they feel like they don't have to score every time they have the ball and can start that running game and keep it going and keep it going. We, it would be great for us to score a couple touchdowns, first couple possessions. I mean, it needs to be a game very similar to the way the LSU went. Right. We can't let them get us down and then just start grinding us. You know what I mean? No. We've got to we've got to force them to be on their heels and get them to try to bring it downfield, you know? Right. And because that's their weakest that's the, that's their weak link. And plus their offensive line, you know, is probably the weakest link on their offense. So if and their offensive line is significantly is not nearly as good as LSU's offensive line, I don't think. So if we can get pressure on Tebow and stop the run, maybe I think we can force him into throwing it. Yeah, and you know we've often said you know Tebow's a good fullback with an average arm. Right, just yeah, a very average arm. And it's a lot better for us if Percy Harvin has 180 yards than if Jeff Demps has 180 yards. It, you know, there's no doubt about that. Now on the on the let's talk about Georgia's offense because Florida's defense was supposed to be the major weak link in this team this season, and so far they haven't been. You know, that week. But I still think they are the weak link. They've not faced a good quarterback. The best quarterback they've faced all year is Casey Dick from Arkansas. They've not well, faced a quality quarterback. They, that old Miss quarterback's pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah, but you don't know his name. No. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, that's what I'm talking about, man. They haven't faced a quality quarterback because. With Stafford getting in his little groove last week, we are really going to present a new problem for Florida that they haven't seen this year, their defense, that is. Because if they stack the box to stop Moreno, then we really can throw it on them. And we can hurt them downfield with guys like A.J. Green and Mo Mass, D'Amico Goodman, Michael Moore. When those guys are catching, Florida's secondary is in trouble. If they drop back... Moreno has got 260-plus yard games in a row, and he can rip them up. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is going to be the toughest game for Florida's defense so long. What do you think, man? Do you think oh, we can I, get it done? I, I think so, too, and I I agree with you. I think they're going to come out to try to stop Nochon. And with their defense, they're the weakest link in their defense, I believe, is their defensive backfield. Very similar to us. Right. And uh, – I think Stafford can, given the time, which the line has has been doing a good job these last few games, uh, I think Stafford can probably pick them apart, and then that's going to open it up for Nochon. I mean, there is nothing that I'd like to see better, say, than going into halftime with a 14-point lead, have Florida back on their heels, and then just come out in the third quarter and go on like three 10 10-minute drives. <laughs> that, that would be great, man. <laughs> um, I tell you, the thing I'm licking my chops over is their two cornerbacks, Florida's cornerbacks, they got a freshman and a sophomore. Neither one is taller than 5'10". And I tell you, I really think, I just want to think that A.J. Green can smoke these guys. I yep. think if Stafford can get his ball placement like we want it, there's nothing A.J. Green can't do against a 5'10 corner, you know? Oh, I agree. I mean, I think we're coming in with with all the tools uh, on offense. And I think we have probably, even for all the speed Florida has, if we can contain them and not let them get outside and into open space, uh, we're going to shut them down. And I, they don't have nearly 
the kind of passing attack that we do. Right. Uh, you know, if the defense plays like we need to, then I think we'll we'll tear them up offensively. I think I'm telling you, I, I think you're right, and I think Bobo, I think Bobo and and Searles, Coach Searles, everybody's got a role to play this week. You know, we've got to be firing on all cylinders to beat a top ten team, just like we saw in the Alabama game. If we're not ready, we could get blown out here. Right. You know. Easily. Yeah. There's and no let me tell you something. It. You know, you look at the games. You look at the Florida LSU game. LSU, if LSU can get up on you, if they can get you down, you know, we as we've chronicled on this show, they don't have a problem. They will beat you down. And the way Urban Meyer hates us, he would try. He would love nothing more than to score 80. If it would be 80-3, to oh, three, he would be happy. Absolutely, because Urban Meyer has said Urban Meyer doesn't like Georgia. And Urban Meyer is upset about it, and it's going to be a problem for Urban Meyer later this year, you know? Yeah. So, um... You know, but here it is. We got 15 players that have scored a touchdown this year. We are running the ball. Bobo is content to get two yards on first down and then run it again on second down. I mean, I, I want to say one other thing, too, old dog. Well, you I, can't, I, I can't say he's real content on that. Well, Man, he seen, did it I've last week. A- yeah, I'm and, saying. And I mean, I'm hoping. I know. Yeah. I'm hoping that he's. I'm hoping that Bobo's coming around and kind of saw the light in the last couple of games. I, I hope we're we're getting better on our play calling, and I also hope our offensive line's getting better, which is going to give us more capabilities. You know. Well, I think they are, and I think one of the biggest things for the line is just the fact that this is going to be the third game in a in a row where we've got the same five starters at at the same position. Right, but speaking of those starters, nice segue. Did you know, here's your little fact of the week, old dog, not one other team in the BCS top ten has even one freshman offensive line starter. There's no team with any freshman starters on offensive line except Georgia, which has three. Yeah. If you don't think that Stacy Searles does the best job, I mean, I know I get, you know, I take grief for talking about Stacy Searles so much, but this is the second year in a row that he's had to get three freshmen up to speed and protecting Matthew Stafford. You know, if oh, you're know. if you're Searles, you got to be thinking, how many years in a row am I going to have to get freshmen ready on offensive line? You know. Yeah. Um, I tell you, it's, Coach Searles is doing a great job, and that offensive line is the key, just like it is every week. It's tough, and you know, we've talked, you know, a little bit about you know, the defense and, and the offense and everything. But I tell you, we are going to need to be really clicking on all phases of the game. And we did, you know, hats off, we did an admirable job on special teams last week, and we are going to have to be that good and probably better this week. I mean, Florida's got one of the, the best returners in the league with this kid, Brandon James. Uh, they blocked two punts against Kentucky last week. That's how they kind of got on this roll. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last week aside, our kick coverage has not been worth a damn this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really are going to have to step it up. We cannot. We need to keep them down. We cannot let them start their drives, you know, at their 40 or 45. And we sure can't let them get the momentum. I mean, because, you know, you kick off to somebody after we've scored a touchdown or at the start of the game or the start of the third quarter, whatever it may be, nothing can pull a team back up like a big return. 
I hear you. I mean, that's the one thing I was about to say. You're hitting it right. Po- we, the only thing we haven't talked about yet is the biggest, probably the best thing the Gators do, which is special teams. Yeah. With James returning the ball, and then you look at the games, you look at the Kentucky game and the Tennessee game. They got up on Kentucky and Tennessee so fast with huge special teams play. Block punts, punt returns, kickoff returns. They got up on Tennessee. They were up 14 to nothing on Tennessee before Tennessee was even fully warmed up on the sideline. And the Kentucky game was no different. Five minutes in, it's 14 to nothing on two special teams plays. Um, we have got to contain this James kid. I mean, because he yeah. can make you pay. There's no doubt he'll make you pay in a hurry. But um, also, I want to talk about the other thing. The last thing I want to talk about, special teams are, fan- are a big deal. One of the biggest deals in this game, coverage-wise. But also, look at turnovers. The only game that Florida's lost this year, they fumbled three times to yeah. Ole Miss. We've got to win the turnover battle, and we need to win the penalty battle. We're number one in penalties. They're number two in penalties. If we can limit penalties and come in under Florida, these are, let's skip the keys to the victory because I'm just going right into my keys to the victory. Let's hit it. If we can come in with less turnovers in Florida, less penalties in Florida, and Moreno has 100 yards or more, we got it. That's yep. my call. That's what it's going to take to win the game. And we also need to limit Takeo's spikes. If spikes comes in the backfield and uh, is all over Stafford, Chappas and, and Sutherland have got to keep that linebacker out of the backfield because if yeah. that kid puts pressure on Stafford, we're going to have a long day. Yeah, and we've also got Trip Chandler back. I don't know how much that's going to be for uh, you know catching the ball. But one thing that it does do, they they we've seen a little resident to throw the ball uh, to the tight end. You know, this year. <laughs> That's it. Are you being serious? Is that 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 old dog dry wit coming that, out? That's man? a little bit of the old dog dry wit. <laughs> We've been a little bit reticent to throw it to the tight end this year, seeing as how we have one tight end right. reception in the last five games. But <laughs> but we do feel a little more comfortable, I think, throwing it to Chandler. So that may open up a little bit if, in fact, he's gotten over his Martrez Milner disease and catch the ball. But it is good, one way or the other, it is good to have another true tight end, you know, back in the fold. That's exactly right. That'll, I agree. And I just hope, I wish Trip Chandler all the best. I hope his recovery from Martrez Milner disease is complete and that he's fully ready to play. And uh, I want the guy to play and catch the ball. I want him to have the kind of day that he deserves. Because I know that Trip Chandler's a good kid. He's yeah. a good kid with good parents. He's, I mean, he's a good Georgia dog. And I want him, as, almost probably as much as he wants it, I want the kid to be successful. I really do. He deserves to be successful. He works hard. He just, I don't know, you know, he hasn't had the kind of catches and the kind of season, the kind of game he wants, but I hope. This is a good week for you to come up, Trip. you know? Yeah, it is. And I'm going to throw in one more key to victory there. I mean, you hit it on pretty well right on on everything. It's pretty much the same stuff we've been saying all year long. But the one other key to victory is going to be to keep their two backs and Harvin out of clear open space. Mm-hmm. We, you know, they run a lot of – they run some reverse. They run a lot of these quick screens, you know, where Harvin drops back two yards, Tebow zings it out to him. We – we can't let them get up to full speed four and five yards past the line of scrimmage because that is when they're in real trouble, and that's when their speed 
is going to come into play. We've got to stop their screens, their pitch outs, and their cutback running as close to the line of scrimmage as we possibly can. We've got to hit, we've got to gang tackle, and we have got to get back to fundamentals where we wrap up, put our arms around these guys, and take them down. Because for all the speed they've got, they will go down because they're small. That's right. That's right. Tackling is key. Yes. I totally agree, old dog. And I just this is going to be a freaking barn burner game. I got a couple of stats for you guys to put in your back pocket for this game. Under Urban Meyer, Florida is 27-1 and when they score first. They're 10-8 and when they don't score first. So, that means we ought to take the ball if we win the uh, toss, huh? <laughs> exactly. We need to – and I'll tell you, here's one final stat. If Florida does score first, we need to get the lead by half because Florida's 33-3 and three when they're leading going to the half, but they're only 4-6 and six when they're tied or trailing at the half. So if we don't score first, we better damn well have the lead at halftime. That's all I can tell you. So this game is huge. This is the game you've been waiting for. It's the Dogs versus Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer and the Evil Empire. And I'm sick of seeing that Jake Gator chomp and all the talk about what they're going to do this year and how, you know, I mean, I'm just, we need to get it on. It's, it, yeah. This is the game, baby. Well, and I mean, it, it's a great game year after year. It's, you know, on a on a neutral site. It's you know, half the stadium's Georgia, half the stadium in Florida. It's one of the unique games around. It has been and always will be the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And it's just, it's the biggest game of the year every year. Absolutely. Dog fans, that's going to wrap up this show. We appreciate you guys listening. We hope to see you guys in Jacksonville. I'm going to be kicking it at Amelia this year. This is my first time at Amelia Island, old dog. I tell you, I, you know, we stay. Well, you're going to love it, and you're coming around to my way of thinking because, I mean, a true Georgia fan really doesn't like to be in the state of Florida except for the game. You know, wait a second. I, gotta, I, I, hate, to, I hate to tell you this, but I, I know – We've been talking about this, but Amelia Island, old dog, is in Florida. I, you're right. You're thinking like I know you got Jack on Saint Simon, yeah, and Sea and Island, all, all that, that stuff, on there. but Amelia Island, I, I'm not coming around your way of thinking yet. Although I am moving north, I'm moving north up the coast. You know, we've been at Ponte Vedra this year. We're going to Amelia. Maybe next year we'll be at the Cloister or something. There I you don't go. Know. You know what I mean? That's that's where I need to go. Sea Island. Well, and you know? as you know, geography has never been my strong suit. <laughs> That Sea Island is high cotton, though, baby. I need to make a few more coins before I get to Sea Island next year. Well, I tell you what we need to do. We need to make Amelia Island part of Georgia. Just take it. Just annex it. <laughs> I'm all for that. It feels like a Georgia. It feels like a barrier island from Georgia. Absolutely. But, but well, anyway. I tell you what. Now there are going to be a whole lot more Georgia fans there than Florida. That's for sure. I tell you. Yes, I agree. And one last key to the victory message to Brian Mims. Kick it away from James. Away from James. And high. And high. Real high. High and away from James. Dog fans, let's give them hell, dogs. Go, you hairy dogs. We're going to Jacksonville. Urban Meyer is going down. Old Dog, take us out of here. Old Dog says Urban Meyer is going down. Going to be his second defeat in Jacksonville. Hey, wait, wait. Don't take us out of here yet, Old Dog. I got something. I got, wait. The poll, 
We need to talk about who the dog fans oh. say he looks the most like. Urban yeah. Meyer most resembles, drumroll, a weasel. That's what I thought. A weasel. Coming in with 46% of the vote, weasel comes in with ferret second, and my vote, rat, 20%. Yeah. So you've got ferret at 22%, rat at 20%, but weasel wins at 46%. He is very weasel-like. <laughs> very weasel-like. And one more thing, I can't, I can't let this go. I want to, I, I haven't touched on the pole, the, uh, the pool. You know, the, the dog cast pool, the picking pool. Um, I want to give props out to Big Iron Dog for winning it last week. I did not mention it last week. And Big Iron Dog, you don't have any more swag coming because you've already hit me up for about twenty koozies. <laughs> but I want to make the point that this week's winner, old dog. Me, Derek, wow. the dog cast, baby. Dog cast picks on the top of the leaderboard. I won it this week. Second week I've won this year. I'm feeling pretty good. No wonder you wanted to bring it up. Exactly, baby. And I'm not going to give myself any koozies, though. I'm still taking the koozies to the Florida game. Dog fans, we'll see you outside at the fan zone. I'll be there. We'll be there looking for you guys. Come find us. I'm the guy handing out the red koozies. Go dogs! There you go. Going to be a great time in Jacksonville. We're coming home with a victory. Hey, guys. It's uh, John from Powder Springs. Uh, just wanted to give you a call. This is the uh, this is the big one, isn't it? Um, Georgia has to win this uh, game against Florida. They don't. They're going to have a real hard time winning the SEC East, uh, considering that uh, Georgia would have to lose. I mean, well, Florida would have to lose again. And that would still give them the tiebreaker over Georgia, uh, with Georgia having two SEC losses and Florida having two SEC losses. So Georgia's got to win this one. And so uh, I hope they uh, give them everything they've got. Um, I did hear a reporter just a few minutes ago uh, from the Evil Empire. They were talking about the end zone celebration. Uh, apparently he talked to uh, Gamble after last week's uh, win over LSU about it. And he said, well, the seniors – have something planned for Florida that they've never done before, and so I don't know what that is, and he didn't elaborate on it, but uh, let's hope it's an ass-whooping that even Steve Spurrier can feel. Um, so I hope uh, the dogs take it to them. Go dogs! And this is John from Powder Springs. 